Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, here's the question that often arises. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Are we talking about that our physical bodies are like God? Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Mark, chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, in a message titled, The Amajo Day. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So here we are with our continuation of our journey through the gospel of Mark here. And and let me remind you as we pick up in in the, the passage that we read today, we are now following Jesus in the last week of his public ministry. And it's here in this last week that these religious leaders are still doing their best to discredit Jesus before the people. That's their objective. They don't want anybody believing in him. They're opposing him. They basically, of course, are plotting to kill him. That's what they ultimately want to do. And so here's just another couple of examples of their efforts to undermine him. But we see also in each of these incidents that occurred, we see that he continues really to just destroy all of their attempts through this irrefutable wisdom. You know, they think they've got him nailed on something and then his response just completely silences them. And as a matter of fact, when we get to the 34th verse of the chapter here, after a couple of more of these incidents, it just then will say from that point forward, they didn't dare to question him again. So he just so completely shuts them down in their efforts that they finally you know, give up in their attempts to discredit him. So what we want to do today is we want to look at just these two stories really quickly, just give you a couple of insights to the the parable of the vineyard and to the, the situation that we just read about also with the, the coin with Caesar's inscription on it. But then we're going to really focus today on the, just this whole idea of the image. And we want to talk about the image of God and the fact that every single human being is created in the image of God. That is something that has such massive significance for everybody and for the way the world works. And when people forget that or people reject that people are special because they're created in the image of God, that's when life on planet earth gets really 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 dark and evil and so we want to look at a couple of those things but first of all the parable of the vineyard that Jesus tells well one thing that I think is good just for us to know is that this parable is taken from Isaiah chapter 5 
So remember, these are the religious leaders. These are the, these are the ones who would know the scriptures. These are the ones who would educate everybody else. So Jesus, as he often does, he's just going back to scripture to refute them. And, and that's what he does here. So he takes this parable from the, the fifth chapter of Isaiah, where God talks about how he planted a vineyard and he did everything possible to cause it to be fruitful, but in the end it bore bad fruit and so judgment was coming. And so Jesus basically just takes the parable and he speaks it to them and they recognize, they say, they say to themselves, he's, he's speaking this parable against us. They're the ones who are rejecting the stone that was the cornerstone. So he's using that And then the next thing they do after they fail in that effort, then they come back, as we see, with this whole fake thing about taxes. Now, as we see here in the story, in verse 15, when they come and they you know, try to butter Jesus up. Like, oh, we, we know that you're not a person who shows partiality. You're not really impressed by people's stature or whatever. We know you're just going to tell us the truth. So should we pay taxes or not? And they're just, they're doing this to try to trap him. And of course, he knows exactly what they're doing. And so he says to them, why do you test me? And, uh, In the other gospels, Matthew and and I think Luke both, they add, why do you test me, you hypocrites? So Jesus knew what they were doing. But he goes along with them and he says, bring me a a coin, bring me a denarius that I may see it. And so they brought it and he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? Verse 16, and they said to him, Caesar's. Jesus answered and said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God, the things that are God's. Man, brilliant. You know, what? They, they're silenced. They, they can't say anything. They can't come back at him. And so what we want to look at, though, is what is implied in his response. His, what he's implying is that, yeah, this coin belongs to Caesar because his image is on it. You belong to God because God's image is on you. Give God what is his, And this is what they were refusing to do. They were not giving themselves to God. And it was evidenced by the fact that God's right in front of them and they're opposing and rejecting him. So that's the context. But I want to look now at this, just this whole idea of having God's image upon us or or being created in the image of God. Because, of course, the Bible teaches that that is the case. And it teaches us that in the very first chapter of the Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter 1. And here's what we read there, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So this isn't the only place where we're told that mankind, men and women, are created in the image of God, but this is the first place we're told that. And of course, this is the record of creation itself. Now, here's a question that often arises. What does that mean? What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Are we talking about that our physical bodies are like God? Or are we talking about our spiritual nature 
Well, I think we're talking primarily about our spiritual nature. But, but I remember seeing um, a cartoon some years ago where there was, and, and this was a, a cartoon that was obviously written by somebody who was highly critical of the idea that human beings are created in the image of God. Uh, the cartoon showed a really obese man sitting in, a, in an overstuffed chair in front of a television with a six-pack of beer on his little tray and, and a big bag of potato chips. And, and then underneath it said, created in God's image. And so this is, you know, this is a mockery, you know, like, oh yeah, sure, like God would create something like this. And, and so, but in that person's mind, obviously, that person is thinking being created in the image of God is about your physical being. But yet that's really not the case. Again, primarily we're talking about our invisible nature. Now, of course, we, we have an invisible side to us, right? Now, we are created. Remember, in the story, what does God do? He forms man's body out of the dust of the earth, but then he breathes into man the breath of life. And when it says here that God created, the Hebrew word that's used is a Hebrew word bara, and it means to create from nothing. So we know our physical bodies are created from something. We're created from the dirt. Did you know that? That our bodies are made up of dirt, Go dig a shovel of dirt, and that's really what you are. That's what we all are. We're, we're made of dirt. And so we know that that wasn't from nothing, right? The body wasn't made from nothing. But it says God created man from nothing. What is it talking about? It's talking about the, the invisible part of us. It's talking about our soul, and it's talking about our spirit. And so that's what it means, first and foremost, to be created in the image of God It means to be created in our invisible nature in his image. Now, there are a few things that I want to point to that show that we are created in the image of God. And the first one is personality or, or personhood. Now, a person must have knowledge, feelings, and a will. So we have that. We, we have the capacity for knowledge. We, we know things. Obviously, we feel things. And, and we have a will. We, we make decisions. And the, God does this as well. And so it's in this regard that we are, first of all, created in the image of God. Now, um, we can say, though, that animals possess a certain kind of personality. But animals, their personality is different. And of course, they don't have the reasoning abilities that, that human beings do. Now, Cheryl and I have a dog named Barnabas and uh, he's a golden doodle. And this, this guy is smart. He is so dang smart. It's not even funny. And he's so smart that sometimes we just kind of think that he's human almost, you know, like we talk to him and tell him stuff like, you know, like we talk to each other in some cases. And a lot of times he amazes us with the way he responds. And then other times it becomes totally obvious that he is really just a beast. And it's usually when I'm trying to reason with him. When we get into the reasoning part, he's just looking at me like, I really have no idea what you're saying. So, you know, it breaks down somewhere. But we, we all know that, that animals do possess a certain kind of a personality, but an animal doesn't reason as people reason. Animals react to certain problems or stimuli 
but they're, they're just reacting. God has instilled that in them. An animal doesn't create. It only conforms to certain behavior patterns, even in as elaborate a pattern as constructing a nest or a hive or a dam or something like that. An animal doesn't love in the sense that animals reproduce, but not through the process of falling in love with another dog or cat or whatever it might be and, you know, getting together and creating a family and staying together. Uh, Animals don't do that. Again, they reproduce, but not because of love. And finally, animals do not worship. Animals do not worship. The only place that you could even find an animal worshiping, you can't, but, but if you could, guess who they would worship? They would worship the Lord, just like Jesus said about the rocks. If the people were to be silent, he said the very stones themselves would cry out. But animals do not worship. So personality in the sense we're speaking of here, this is something that links man to God, but does not link either man or God to the rest of creation. So this is where we begin with understanding the image of God. We're created in his image because we possess knowledge, feelings, and a will. But also, we see the image of God in man through man's creative powers. You know, there are people that believe that there is no distinction between animals and and human beings, that we're all uh, the same. And uh, there's, there's an idea that's known as species, is speciesism. And speciesism is the idea that all species are equal. And so human beings shouldn't have any more rights than animals have. And, you know, obviously animal rights activists and people like that, a lot of times they're thinking along these lines. And so when they see, you know, any kind of intelligence or, you know, some, some kind of ability like, you know, making a nest or a hive or a dam or something like that, you know, then they say, look, you know, animals are creators too. But come on, I mean, there's just absolutely no comparison. You know, they're, they're always trying to uh, come up with an ape that's going to be sort of proof that, you know, the, they're, they're just as smart as we are and there's really no, no difference between us and so forth. But, you know, what, what it takes a, an ape uh, years and years and years to learn, a child learns at six months old. They've already got it all mastered. And so a difference here, but, but creativity. So think of human beings as creators. That's what we are, right? Buildings and cities and electronic gadgets of every sort and computers and cars and airplanes and space shuttles and robots and poems and plays and songs and paintings All of these things demonstrate man's creative ability. God is a creator, so he creates man in his image, giving us the ability to create. And again, I I don't need to belabor the point unless there's somebody who really thinks that animals are on the same par of creativity as humans are, because it's just absolutely not even not even a case that you, you could ever make. Civilization is man's creation. Just like the earth, the world, and everything in it is God's creation, civilization is man's creation, and it's proof of mankind being created in the intellectual image of God. So personality, creativity, morality. 
human beings are moral beings. Unlike animals. Animals don't have a moral code. They don't have a moral standard. You know, animals do things that obviously, you know, sometimes when humans do unthinkable things, what do we refer to them as? We say, oh, that person's an animal. Meaning they just have no laws. They have no rules. They just do whatever naturally comes to them. The great distinction between right and wrong belongs to human beings alone. And, and listen to what uh, Charles Darwin said about this. He said, I fully subscribe, subscribe uh, to the judgment of those writers who maintain that of all the differences between man and the lower animals, the moral sense of conscience is by far the most important. This sense is summed up in the short but imperious word ought. So full of high significance, it is the most noble of all the attributes of man. So... Darwin recognizes, you know, because he's the one who's trying to basically, back in those days, say that, you know, there isn't really a distinction. We're all the same thing. But he does have to acknowledge, no, this, this is a different thing. No animal says, I shouldn't do this. I ought not to. There's no animal code of ethics that they all get together and agree that, yeah, you know, we shouldn't behave this way. We do that, though. And that's because God built that into us. It's part of being made in the image of God. And, and then fourthly and finally, man is spiritual. So man alone is a worshiper. So although man shares a body with such forms of life as plants and flowers and a soul with animals, only human beings possess a spirit. And it is on the level of the spirit that we are aware of God and commune with him. Man alone is a worshiper and all people in all times and all places have and do worship. That is a universal fact. Everybody worships. Now you say, wait a second. I No, that's not true. I know some atheists. They don't worship. Oh, yes, of course they worship. They just don't worship the, the true God. But they worship many things. They worship their, themselves. They worship their intellect. They worship human intellect and human progress and, and things like that. Oftentimes they worship nature. And so it, man is a worshiping creature. This is, again, is a distinction between man and the animal world. So this is what it means to be created. We could probably add a few other things, but this basically this is what it is, to be created in the image of God. That we are persons, that we are spiritual, that we are moral, that we are creative. Now, the question is, what do we take away from this? What are the deductions from this understanding of being created in God's image. And, and let me say, I, I hinted at it a moment ago, but those who believe this, those who believe that people are created in the image of God, those are the people you want to run the world. The people who reject that, you do not want them to run the world because before too long, they are gonna find a reason why you shouldn't have a place in the world. This is where it always goes. I'm going to show you that there's a lot of thinking like this going on right now in the culture. So first deduction from 
human beings being created in God's image is this. Every human being has intrinsic value. Every person has intrinsic value. The the value of a person is just simply because they are a human being. That's the value itself right there. Now, not everybody believes this. And today in our culture, amongst the cultural elite, more and more, these ideas are getting traction. And we're seeing them start to work out in everyday life. Now, Peter Singer is bioethics professor at Princeton University. And Peter Singer is very well known for, he's written a lot on animal rights and things like that. But he's very well known for having an attitude toward human beings that completely rejects the idea that we are special or unique. And of course, he rejects the idea that we're created in God's image. So he said this, he said, the notion that human life is sacred just because it's human life is medieval. And by medieval, he's just saying it's based not on reason. He says, I'm using reason. This is based on revelation. This is based on religion. So he says the idea that human life is special, that's a religious idea. It's not based on reason. And of course, he rejects it. But then listen to what Peter Singer thinks beyond that. If a house were on fire, I'd save 200 pigs before saving one human child. See, that's where this thinking goes because a human is no more valuable than a pig. Now, his friend I would imagine they're friends. They think the same. Richard Dawkins, he said this. He said, any fetus is less human than an adult pig. Now, this is ironic coming from a biologist because he should know that a fetus, a human fetus, has. there's no connection between a pig and a human, right? He should know that. But of course, this is probably just rhetoric on his part. If he really does think that, then he needs to go back to school. But... But this is the mentality. Now you see, Singer and Dawkins and others like them are now arguing, so they're proponents of abortion on demand, they're proponents of infanticide, and they're also proponents of euthanasia. And how do they argue? Well, they argue, first of all, that humans have no special rights or no, they're, they're not any more important than anybody else. That's where it starts. Now, we all know the term of dehumanizing. So when you want to get rid of somebody or you want to oppress somebody or something like that, what do you do? You begin by dehumanizing them. And we've seen that happen over and over again. It's, it's just the way these people do it. If we can put them in a category that's less than human, then we can do what we want and we won't have to feel guilty about it or tell or have anybody tell us that, that, that we can't do it. So at some point in history, you, you come to a place and you see these people and you want their land. So you say, well, they're savages. So we got to get rid of these savages and then we can bring in civilization. Or you want people to do all your work, so you bring in these people and make them slaves, and you dehumanize them as well. Well, they're not really human. They're not fully human. They're subhuman. Or if you want to purify the race and make it all Aryan race, then you look at a group like the Jews, and you say, well, they're not really human. 
they're less than human. And so we can, we can do away with them. And this mentality is alive and well in the 21st century, in, especially in the Western world. September, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled A London Sparrow, the inspiring and true story of Gladys Allward by Phyllis Thompson. The story of Gladys Allward is one that inspires. God used Gladys Allward to reach the lost in China during a period of peril and war. The story is one that is transparent about her weaknesses and mistakes, but it's also a story of God's strength made perfect through weaknesses, God's promised provision, and a life surrendered to God. If you have a longing for God to use your life, but have been discouraged by setbacks or doubts that God can use you, you need to get this book. You'll be inspired by what God can do through a life that is willing to follow Him. The book A London Sparrow, The Inspiring and True Story of Gladys Allward by Phyllis Thompson is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.